Aisha here from God FM. 
Uh, that was Heal My Broken Heart by Patty Felker. A beautiful song for my sermon today. Today is the 5th of May 2023. And my sermon is about broken hearts. <laughs> you know, it's important, I think, to look at uh, what goes on in our hearts and minds, souls and spirits. It's all going on, isn't it? This is a battle of the spirits and we have flesh as well. And sometimes it can be quite difficult to navigate uh, and know exactly how to uh, maneuver for the will of God, not your own will and your fleshly desires of your heart. It can take over a bit. Hmm. So... Um, the way I look at this as well, it's a bit like a boxing match. You know, when you go in for a boxing match? Well, I've got the gong for you. So, yes, sometimes we're not prepared for a boxing match of the hearts. And so it can be quite a tricky one, especially if you're not dressed for the occasion. And you haven't really got the facilities or the capacity to fight because you're unprepared within who you are for these battles of the heart. <clears throat> it's fun and games. I can tell you one thing. <laughs> Everything that happens to me is used by the Lord for others. And also for my own strength later on. And I can lean back on to my understanding and experiences. And I can go, oh yes, that's why that happened. That's very interesting. <laughs> it's a real test of your trust, actually, to have your heart broken. Um, it's a test of your trust in the Lord. And now, the thing is, the Lord has to test your trust with Him. Um, because He loves you and He has a plan for your life. And sometimes we don't really know what He has in mind. And things can happen that are quite hard for us to navigate and understand. Hmm. As you know, I always speak from experience of my own encounters with life and the difficulties within life itself. I've told you many times I really don't want to be here. I just want to be with the Lord. I'm not enjoying this ride. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> you know, also, I've noticed that in my walk with the Lord, if I am ever distracted, it's usually a rushed type of thing. And in that environment, we make rash decisions and we end up in situations because we don't go to the Lord about it. I think it's really interesting how things unfold. So today I'm going to cover a few things that relate to the heart, how the heart gets broken, 
the people and the mechanics behind it and the way to resolve the broken heart issues that I have found work for me. <coughs> I'm not an expert as I have just had my heart broken. Okay, so I'm going to talk about this because in my search for healing, I've been on such a journey <laughs> that uh, I felt that the Lord wanted me to talk about it. So, you know, I know that other people get their hearts broken and it can happen when you least expect it. So, hmm. I've got a few headings. It's a bit like being a virgin every time you fall in love, isn't it? Uh, you're not expecting to to have your heart broken. But there's also this fear to give your hearts away. But it's also a combination of lusts of the flesh and your own hearts having its own desires. And we've got to make sure that we're in synergy in Christ. When we're reborn, we're a new creature. But, you know, the Lord takes the old hearts. So all that work that you've done to surrender your heart to the Lord and your will to the Lord so that it's his will, not your own will. He takes over and sometimes things come along that distract you off your walk and then it's not the Lord's will anymore. And that's when you have pain and the journey becomes very tricky and, and difficult and unpleasant. I always measure relationships in this way also. So if I'm in a relationship with somebody and a friendship of any kind, if there is more unpleasant uh, issues within this relationship than there are pleasant re uh, relations, then I put a stop to it because it becomes too toxic. Um, sometimes it's n nobody's fault, just different people in different places at the wrong times in the wrong environments so you know broken hearts aren't always just to blame somebody but I think they're a test from the Lord but sometimes it can also be a bit like dressing a pig with a pretty outfit and putting pretty clothes on putting makeup on and so in this way, it can be really, really a waste of time to waste all that time and effort on somebody can be a real problem. I mean, how do you know that you're wasting your time? Well, you can see it. Sorry, I got very loud music in here. By the way, the person's behaving. So they say one thing and they actually, they're not meaning what they're saying or they're talking riddles. It's another one. <laughs> you know how Jesus said you can judge by the fruits of the spirit? Yes. So that also comes into it. Um, and you can also look for patterns in people in their past. 
if you've had a relationship with someone and it's come to a fatal, disastrous end and you've got a broken heart, it might have been worth uh, assessing who the person was before you got involved. But sometimes they can come in the back door. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and so sometimes feelings are catching also and you don't realise that you've got these feelings for somebody until it's too late. The heart is a complicated thing, it really is. <laughs> so anyway, um, catching feelings is a very interesting thing. I was uh, checking out, because the Lord kept giving me this catching feelings. There's a song with catching feelings and I couldn't find it. But um, I ended up Googling what catching feelings means because I was thinking, well, why are you trying to show me? And the Lord kept trying to show me that catching feelings, you're catching feelings for somebody. And uh, I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, but the Lord knows everything. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, catching feelings is when you are friends with somebody and you develop feelings that are more uh, romantic than they should be and um, more than what you are going to receive from the other party. So oh, that's very interesting. Often unwelcome romantic feelings. <laughs> um, but I also want to remind you, everything has to be God's will, not your will. I've always found that if it is from the Lord, then it works out really easily. But if it is not, then it's very difficult and painful. No matter what it is, moving house, jobs, uh, relationships, no matter what it is, the Lord is in control. You must remember this, because also if you have handed your life to God, the Lord will use all of these things to test you and your experiences. Sometimes you don't realize that it's a test and you don't realize that you, you know, you've acquired feelings for someone. And it's a difficult one, you know, because it's, it's, a, it's a very hard thing when, when you've realized that you've got feelings for somebody and they're not reciprocated and it's not the right person and you know they're not the right person for you. So you're fighting yourself because you you know you're feeling something for somebody that doesn't deserve your love but also um doesn't reciprocate so but we must remember that the lord uses everything for a purpose so those are the things i'm going to cover today hmm. um <laughs> it's hard for me to do this sermon um, but as I say, the Lord has led me to do it. I've got very strange emotions, which are old emotions from a past journey uh, with an encounter with someone over 10 years ago where I was very in love with someone and, well, they broke my heart and I thought that they needed help to find the Lord and uh, anyway, when I uh, split with this person over 10 years ago, they hurt me so badly that I prayed to God that he would take my pain away. And he did. And it was instant. And so I was really confident, 
you know, when this person came back into my life and wanted some help with various things and wanted to meet up, I thought, oh, yes, that's fine. I'm over this person. I don't have any feelings. I am with the Lord. I'm okay. Yeah. Never, ever underestimate your heart. That's what I can say. I kept saying to myself, it's all right. This person can't hurt me because I've already moved on. (laughs) So as I put pen to paper to put this sermon together, um, the heart was aching. You know, all of this period of time that I've been going through it. And it was not something that uh, I anticipated, but also I put a stop to everything because I knew that I was out of control of my heart. And sometimes it hurts to uh, put a stop to something when your heart wants something, but you know it's not right and you haven't got control. And so in this way, you have to be careful who you allow into your heart and into your home and into your life because you can find yourself in a a bit of a mess with your emotions. The other thing is never underestimate the heart. You know, if you think you've moved on from somebody, having them back in your life can bring back these old emotions and confuse you. Um, You can start uh, reminiscing, wanting something, pretending that you don't, but inside you desperately do, Um, wanting to spend time with someone, Um, all of the desires of the heart. And hmm, the heart is an interesting thing. You know, it really can lead you. It's got its own mind. It has its own character and personality. It can get selfish, demanding, impatient. It can throw temper tantrums if it doesn't get what it wants. And um, I recognize that in myself. And I saw something I did not like about myself. And so I dealt with it. I realized I'd come very far from my walk with the Lord and I very quickly addressed it as soon as I saw it as a problem. This was very hard to do because it's so easy to ignore the spirit who's tugging at you saying, come on, come back to the Lord. But if they come in the back door, you don't realize that they've come in. And so your heart will deceive you and say, it's okay, this is fine, it's all right. I'm just enjoying myself. No harm will come of it, it's all right. But actually you end up in the heartbreak hotel. (laughs) So I found, anyway. This is a fairly new experience for me, having someone come back from the past um feeling a bit deflated um humbled um broken uh, but at the same time renewed um corrected um 
I also think that when you find the Lord, you you be, have this new heart. And uh, I realized that I didn't really know myself. So I was confident, though, with my walk with the Lord. Um, and so this was a, a definite... Uh, a push from the side, unexpected, real push it was. My next heading is, why is it so important to yoke yourself with the right people of God? You see, the thing is, when somebody is not of the Lord, they have not surrendered their authority and power and their heart, will, mind and spirit and soul over to God. They actually become an idol to themselves and a God of their own life because they do not truly believe in Jesus Christ, although they believe in God in some capacity or other, but they're still learning. So this is where you can go wrong. When you meet someone and they say that they believe in God, you see, believing in God is one thing, but having a relationship with the Lord is a different thing. The way your relationship is built with the Lord is through trials and tests in faith and praise and worship and love of Christ, who comes and redeems you through all of your trials and problems because you are reborn in Christ and made alive in Christ. And it's no longer you that is at work in the world, but the Holy Spirit inside you. You are not of the world. You're in the world. Temporary residence. Your treasures need to be in heaven. No more earthly desires. You have to put those away and start again. You become a new creature. It does not mean that you won't fall, though, at hurdles. Because this is part of the building of your temple. Because we are the temple of God as well. Your strength is built through these trials. Sometimes you might be a round brick for the temple and it needs to be cut back down to a square. Hmm. And that can be painful. And so, in this way, you are refined. As the Lord tells us in the Bible, He refines us. There's a remnant of us who are being refined. There's also separation going on between God's people and the children of Satan. And it's very simple. There is no matrimony or union between truth and lies, between love and hate, between light and dark, and death and life. And also, the grass is always greener on the other side. Have you found that? I have. Mm -hmm. So you can be sitting here doing really great and having a wonderful time and then something comes along and it looks better than what you've got and your your heart desires it you have to remember that it's not your will anymore it's god's will anyway it seems unfair doesn't it but why is it so unfair well, it's only unfair if you don't surrender it to god 
it's important to find someone that believes in God if you're going to have a union of some friendship of any kind, I think. Um, so we've got these two tribes of people on earth. You have the people who believe in God and the people who don't believe in God. The people who don't believe in God have a sense of righteousness, but they're not truly righteous. They're not in the truth and the light and the life of Jesus Christ. It tells me in the Bibles that the, the eyes are the window to the soul and to the heart. This means that you have to be careful not to allow any darkness into your heart. It needs to be beaming with light and joy and peace. And that means you have to be holy as well. You see, if you've got darkness inside you, how deep is the darkness inside you? And if you're in the darkness, the blind lead the blind and they all fall into a pit. We cannot see the truth when we're in the darkness. We cannot live in the truth either. We need to stand on the word of God. This means that we're given the spirit of wisdom through Christ, who is our head priest, and we're all together joined in the spirit. So we are together even though we're not together. But it's important also to have a regular chat and catch up with the Lord. And that way your spirit is renewed in its strength and light because where your treasure is, your heart is also. So you must be very careful with your heart. <sighs> because there's another team of people with a semi-truth. This means that they have darkness inside them. And if they have darkness inside them, how deep is the darkness? They will all fall into a pit. You see, they rely on their own minds. They know better. And they believe what they want to believe. And they do what they want to do. As far as they're concerned, they don't answer to anybody. They do not need the Lord because they can do this themselves. They don't need to be saved. They have to want to be saved, you see, by the Lord. The only way that can happen is if they have a broken heart. Sometimes I think that's why the Lord re-breaks your heart. So you come crying back to him at first, like a full circle. You've gone off track, broken heart, back on track again, you know. Uh, it's like a train on tracks. It's come off its tracks, put it back on, and they're on the right road again. But these people that don't have the Lord, they don't have the Lord to direct their steps. And therefore, they rely on their own understanding. And this is where the darkness takes over because lies are brought into this as well because they have their own sense of righteousness lying and cheating and stealing now is also within the limits and remit of their understanding of semi-truth semi-righteousness which is not part of the truth this leads to destruction and death of their souls you see you do also become who you hang around with so if you meet somebody and they follow the darkness and they think it is okay to lie and steal because the people they steal from have so much money, they may be part of some big chain of companies, they justify it in their own mind. And so their strange understanding of semi-righteousness can easily be 
implemented as a standard in your life if you start to hang around with them because you start to think like them and believe me it's very very easy to fall away they do not see Jesus they do not follow Jesus they do not believe in the power of Jesus or the blood that we are saved through the blood they do not have the Spirit of God within them to direct their steps so they lean on their own understanding as James tells me in the Bible when sin is conceived it starts with a thought in your mind and it evolves and finally gives birth to full sin, which is all the lies, deceit, stealing, envy, hatred, wickedness, and finally death. But for the people who are not truly in the Lord, they didn't see it this way and they will justify it and hang, if you hang around them, you'll be tempted to justify wicked behavior as well. It's like sleeping with people when you're not married to them or if they're still married. That's another very interesting one because these people who are semi-righteous are not truly part of the truth. They will justify it and maybe, you know, have married 20 years ago uh, but not been with the person for 18 odd years or whatever and then actually be with many people in between and as far as they're concerned they're not married but in the eyes of God they are still married you see we live in righteousness we've been redeemed in Jesus Christ to pay the ultimate price for our sins we've accepted the redemption and the blood of Christ is over us We've turned from our wicked ways and we walk in righteousness. We reject sin, lies, death and darkness. So when you start to yoke yourself with semi-believers or fake Christian people, this is where you may become attracted to one of them and end up justifying in your mind that the Lord would approve and be okay with you sleeping with them, even if they're married. <laughs> they made me married, as I say, from years ago, and you still see them as single because they've implemented those thoughts into your mind. It's interesting, I think. I've come across people who do that. And so, you know, <laughs> lots of people sleep with each other, don't they? And they're not married, and uh, and there's no commitments. It's so free and easy, isn't it, in the world? And so when you're a child of God, this cannot be uh, your template performance or action because it displays a sinful life that leads to death. So you have to fight to stay on this very narrow path of truth and light and life. And it isn't easy. It's very difficult if you hang around with people who think it's acceptable. So when this war started and finally really kicked off with the separation, there is a big war going on for your soul right now. And there's many tests coming our way. Okay. This is all part of it. So that Satan can convince you that 
Semi-righteousness, semi-truth is okay, but it is not. We have to stand up for truth. We have to stand up for righteousness because the Lord is righteousness. He is truth. Everything he does is correct. There is no fault in the Lord. Everything he does, he has planned, and it is all according to his will, past, present, and future. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the Alphabet. You've got to trust in the Lord in everything. The minute you start to stray, everything else will fall apart. I found. Sometimes Satan will come and lay a trap before you. And in this way, if you're hanging around with the wrong people who've made you believe that it's okay to behave in a sinful nature, then you can end up doing something that will damage not just yourself, but many other people families and so you've got to fight to protect your heart but also to protect your identity in Christ and who you are as a child of God you see it's like expensive clothes isn't it okay so if I was to buy a pair of Ray-Bans you know, they're a couple of hundred pounds. But I could buy a pair of copy Ray-Bans for five pounds. But the pair that I spend 200 pounds on, I'd probably cherish those more than the five pound Ray-Bans. Why? Because the, the ones I've paid a bit more for, I've had to work harder for. And also, um, they are more desirable. Mm. And so God really does love chastity as well. The stories of Joseph, when he was sold into slavery, he was um, working for Potiphar uh, in Egypt. He was the prison officer where he'd been put and eventually worked for Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife made moves on Joseph. And she was very desirable, very attractive, very good-looking lady. And... Um, Yes, she would, you know, prance around looking really sexy. It would have been very hard for Joseph, who, you know, was a very good-looking man and very righteous. And it says that uh, she came on to him and he would not uh, return any of her affection. And the Lord was very pleased with Joseph. He liked his chastity. And so I've always thought of that when I think of these sort of situations. But you know, you don't even need to commit a sexual act to have your heart captured. This is the other interesting thing. Your heart can lead you off into a whole new place of fantasy, of a dream that you can never have with someone who does not follow the Lord and it will try and convince you that it will be fine but it won't it will not not unless the person has come to Christ fully this is what I've discovered anyway <laughs> but what you can do is you can hand all of it over to the Lord and you can say, please take this pain away from me. 
My next heading is discerning lies. Is when you are in an environment with new people, you you know, they may say they're Christian people and they may say that they believe in the Lord. And sometimes you have to spend some time analyzing them uh, and getting to know them to find out if this is true or not. And also you can ask the spirit to show you if they are indeed truthful or not. And I think that's a, a very important one because it's quite hard to determine on the first glance, isn't it? I think. Mm-hmm. So yes, I had an incident with uh, these uh, people and um, anyway, Discerning lies was one of the things I said to the Lord, I, you know, I need your help with that. <laughs> I always hand it to God. You know, if I'm, if I'm in doubt, if I think, oh, it's not feeling right. Um, and he's able to show you, oh, everything. You'll actually overhear them lying and, <laughs> or you'll get it from a third party and you'll know they're a liar. You see, if someone can lie about one thing or two things, little things, they can lie about big things. If they can steal little things, they can steal big things. And if they can't commit their hearts to the Lord, then they certainly cannot commit their heart to you. You see, in the Bible it tells me, how can you love the Lord? if you don't love your brother who you have seen and the Lord you have not seen. If you don't love your brother that you have seen, how can you love the Lord that you have not seen? And how does this apply? Well, you see, if you lie to somebody, it means you don't respect them. It means that you don't love them and you don't respect and you have no reason to to have any truthful basis for any future with that person in any type of framework of relationship. That's what I discovered. So if you catch yourself lying, correct yourself and apologize to the Lord and ask him to correct you because it leads to destruction, even little lies. So interesting it is. It's so very interesting because it allows the darkness in and sin allows Satan into your life. I believe you've got angels around you walking in Christ on the word, in the truth. And if you lie, it gives uh, Satan dominion in, and entry in, into your life to make things difficult because you're being tested. Satan's waiting for any opportunity to enter your life and lies and sin are the entry points. It means that you're no longer under the authority of the Lord, but you're under the authority of the enemy who is ruler of the dead, which is where we are all headed if we're not saved in Christ. We have to make sure that we're saved all the time. This means that, you know, when you first came to the Lord and you were humble, you have to have that same heart all the time. 
can never be too prideful or boastful. You've always got to be assessing and coming back to God and checking. And when you recognize you've gone wrong, say, God, I'm sorry, I messed up. He knows we will make mistakes. But these are all part of us. A prayer of a righteous person is always answered. And you need to be meek and broken. I found that as soon as I get prideful, I'm knocked off my pegs, really, every time. So as I say, the Lord will give you ability to see lies and understand also what I have said about when you uh, believe lies, that's when you're not in the truth anymore. So those people who have woken up to what's going on in the world, they have a sense of truth and a sense of righteousness, but not a full truth and full righteousness. And they do not stand on the word and they do not believe in the blood or the sanctification of Jesus Christ who has redeemed us all for those who wish to be redeemed, for those who surrender their lives to Jesus. Remember, they hated Jesus. So they will hate you also. So Satan will always send in challenges to come and take you off your course. My next heading is poo. <laughs> I've done you a few examples of what relayed in my mind prior to writing this sermon out, of examples of the way you feel when you are betrayed by someone you think you love. But often is not love, it is lust. That's another one that's very interesting. You see, lust is when you have a physical desire for somebody and you don't actually like what they have in their hearts. Yeah, because it doesn't meet what the Bible says you should be looking for because they haven't been refined yet. The best thing that can happen to those people is for them to be have, have their heart completely smashed to smithereens by God, and then they will repent and come to the Lord. I believe, anyway. Um, so basically, another way of looking at this is if you were out with some friends and you tripped over and fell in a big hole full of a pile of dog poo, and you were covered in dog poo from head to tail, <laughs> head to toe, um, and then you look up to get some help from your friends and you realize that they don't really care about you and they're not really there going to help you in any way. But they're actually there videoing you and making a great big scene of it and having a great laugh at it. They think it's really funny. Um, they giggle and, and they walk around smiling, cheering at your downfall. Um this is because they want to prove that God is not real in their mind. Now, I want you to know that that will never happen to you, okay, if you follow the Lord. But I'm giving you an example of if it did. So when you look up, you realize that you are naked as well, and you're covered in poo, and your heart is now also broken. So you have to run inside, clean yourself off, and then also heal 
your broken heart. That's how it feels when you hang around with people who are not of the Lord because the light and the darkness cannot work together because there's only a sense of righteousness inside them and because they've accepted lies and stealing and those other things wickedness comes into their heart and the darkness cannot comprehend the light or overcome it I so said this this sermon today is very deep isn't it I'm talking about some very deep things that I really feel is important to talk about because even in your families it happens doesn't it if you've been rejected by your family and you're a black sheep you've probably wondered why why you've always been rejected why you've been hated why they don't have your best interests at heart they're hot and cold is another one isn't it they love you one minute they hate you the next it's all the characteristics of the enemy it really is very interesting it is <sighs> there's lots of things you can do to test it so if you're getting hot and cold from people and they love you one minute they don't love you the next and they don't really want to do that to, to spend time with you they don't really care about you like maybe you've got a hospital appointment or something and they don't care and ask about your appointment what it's for or how did it go or anything like that then you know that you know they're not concerned you know there's only a sense of righteousness because you can't hide the truth yeah if you really care about someone and you'll do anything to protect them and show them your support and love and if they were hurt you would do anything you can to reassure them that you didn't mean to hurt them that you love them and you know you'd do everything you can to ease their pain and probably cuddle them and give them a kiss and say come on pull yourself together dear you've got yourself out of hand here your heart is obviously gone off in a different direction sorry but you know this isn't going to work or whatever you know but if they're not of god they'll carry on leading you down the garden path with little nuggets of hope that there's something there pretending to love god and this can go on quite some time it can and uh that will really destroy you because when you finally uh go around the cycle over and over again of the pain the pleasing the pain you'll realize that there's a pattern and then you'll realize that this person is no good for you but if you knew the principles in the beginning then you could have avoided all the heartache in the beginning so if they are not of god truly then you know you cannot allow yourself to risk companionship of any kind with those people i know it's harsh you know 
what I've just got from the Lord is uh, the story of Saul. Now, we had the Jebusites, and they were nasty characters, okay? Um, and we went to war with the Jebusites, and the Lord said to Saul, you need to kill all of the Jebusites, the children as well, and the animals, okay? Not to keep anything. And you must burn everything. Well, Saul didn't listen. And he, uh, I think he let the king or the queen go. I think it was the queen. Um, and it was Naaman later who uh, was a descendant of this uh, person that he had released. And Naaman tried to kill all, all of God's children in the story of Esther. I think his name's Naaman. So anyway... You see how interesting it is? And and some people say, oh, that's very cruel, that God would kill um, all those people and all those animals. Well, you see, um, you've got to understand the wicked and what the wicked are about, okay? You see, it starts with sin, lies, and stealing, hatred, envy. Um, when they remove God from their framework, something is replaced inside them which is evil and that rules them instead of God and perversion comes into play child sacrifice and bestiality and worshiping of idols and sacrificing children and drinking their blood and all of those things come into play which is the opposite to God so when God says you must not yoke with those non-believers he says so with good reason because sin leads to death ultimately so you have to be so careful with what you allow into your life and your discernment so if you encounter somebody I really like that person you have to take it to God it's very simple. Don't trust your own judgment either, like I did, okay? Where you think, oh, it's all right, I've moved on from that one. That one hurt me, but I moved on. It's okay, my heart is healed. Because your heart will deceive you to believe that you're fine and that there's nothing there until you realize there is. And it's too late then, and then you've got heartache to fix. Okay, so I'm trying to save you a bit of heartache. So what you do is uh, you have to uh, be very careful. You have to check that the person that you're going to interact with in any capacity, shape or form uh, of relationship needs to believe in God. You need to yoke yourself with like-minded people who are of the same spirit because we are to love our brothers and we need to be truthful and stand in the truth. Everything that comes out of our mouth needs to be the truth. Yes. The other thing that will happen is uh, you'll be asked to lie and things like that for somebody that uh, comes in and tests you. And uh, so, yes, remember that God is watching you 
and you are tested just like job was tested and my next heading and before i go on with that uh is um wolves and the sheep <laughs> so before i go on with this i want to reassure you that through these uh difficult times the lord will strengthen you and he will use this to make you a better person and you will look back and you will thank the lord that this has happened to you because it refines you makes you stronger so that you can help others but also you become more confident in your relationship with the lord to trust the lord above all and to put him as your number one no one else and not to lean on your own understanding not to be led astray but in everything lean on the lord and his word and that means studying the word also so that you can grow closer and to understand who god is i mean i still think it's just so amazing that this this god that we have loves you so much thinks about you watches you knows your feelings knows your hearts knows your pain he does he does he listens to every prayer he's only waiting for you to submit it over so he can show you how much he loves you and take away the pain and so i'm a living testimony to this i've had so many horrendous things happen and even the craziest things you know um well i thought there's just no way that god can help me with that and he has and so you know when this happens you do become a living testimony christ is alive inside you he walks with you before you thinks with you as long as you include him in everything so all you got to remember just keep talking to god about it so hmm what i found is wolves do look a lot like sheep the white ones yes and they will disguise themselves as sheep yeah to come and have a little bit of food and sometimes sheep get distracted and follow them off into a different field yeah and this can happen and sometimes you might think that this wolf is a sheep and you might go off and try and rescue it like jesus did how he left the 99 to go and rescue this little sheep yes well this is the problem yeah you have to go to look the lord about it if you want to go try and rescue some sheep okay you have to be very strong make sure that you are fully rescued as well and strong uh because uh, what can happen is you can think this is a sheep but it's actually a wolf so then you finally get to the field to try and bring it back and it will eat you up and spit you out and leave your little bones on the floor and be quite delighted with itself because you fell for its tricks yes this is what uh, the bible says about it you know don't argue with fools because there will you know be a waste of time and don't throw your pearls at pigs because the pig will probably bite you yeah so be careful where you invest your time please to protect yourself otherwise you could also end up going off with this what looks like a sheep into a different field on a totally different journey to the one that the lord has called you to 
Hmm. But they, they look like sheep, yes? And you might get confused, as I say, and follow them and listen to them because they look like sheep. So you think they're sheep. And when the shepherd calls you, they'll say, oh, no, no, that's not, that's not the shepherd. Just ignore that. Stay with us. And you become accustomed to their ways and their culture and their acceptance of lies and sin and wickedness. And momentum builds up. And it's no longer the voice that you hear, but you listen to the wolves instead because you've confused yourself, gone off on the wrong direction, believed some lies, not gone to the Lord for discernment, and you can end up losing your way because Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and I hear my sheep. Now, also, Jesus always says, for those who have eyes to hear, uh, see and ears to hear, listen to what I'm saying in the Bible. Why does he say this? Well, I'll tell you. Because when Jacob was renamed, it was because he'd had a battle with the Lord and he'd also seen the angels going up and down the stairway to heaven. It's a representation of the pineal gland. Um, as well, and the Ark of the Covenant, and the Ark of Noah, and the Temple, and Solomon's Temple, and uh, so, and the Holy of Holies. It's a very sacred place with the Lord, which is now a spiritual temple, and we are the temple. We're all bricks of the temple. Okay, so <laughs> in this construction process, we have to be refined, um, but. This is why Jacob had a battle with the Lord. Okay, so this was him re being refined. And Jacob was renamed Israel. And Jacob named this place Pineal after your head. Yes. So basically what this tells me is that whatever is the truth is real. Whatever is not true is, is a lie and therefore is not real. So if you are part of the truth and the word and the light and the life of Jesus Christ, you are real. And you will also, as a witness, as Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. <laughs> For those who have ears to hear and eyes to see, you'll be my witnesses. You can only be a witness when you have the spirit and you can hear your shepherd and he can hear you. When you follow the wolves, there's suddenly a veil, a veil that means you cannot see and also it cannot, you cannot hear and you cannot, your prayers also struggle to reach the Lord because you're on the wrong team. You're on the wrong radio frequency to get through to the Lord because you've yoked yourself with the wrong people. It's another reason I believe some prayers are not answered. Because you are not part of Christ if you are yoking yourself with the wrong people. So you've actually got to fight for the truth and you've got to fight for what's real and you've got to fight for your life and for your soul. And the only way to do this is to surrender everything to Jesus 
because otherwise you will follow the lies and the death and the darkness and not be real and not be written in the book of life, which is the word for your inheritance. That's why it's so important to make sure you're always listening and always looking ahead and on the right road. If you recognize that you're a bit lost, you have to come back to God straight away, even if you're not sure. If someone has control of your heart and it is not the will of God, then it is the will of the enemy. You need to take that away from the enemy by surrendering your heart back to God and say, let it be your will, not my will, not my heart's desires and not my fleshly will and desires and lusts of the flesh. Because the heart can be wicked. Oh, yes, as I say, I recognized it in myself. Sheer and utter frustration and anger. A brat, a nasty side that took over, wanted what it cannot have and does not belong to me. Nothing of death belongs to me. I am part of life. That's why it was not for me. That's why the Lord made sure it was unobtainable because he let me chase it and then he showed me that it was not what he had planned for my life. It was a journey, yes, and the lesson was used by the Lord, yes. But um, if you're a child of God, you will be tested, I'm telling you, in every single way and uh, this this has to be one of my biggest tests this one very interesting mm-hmm. the other thing about wills is they love their children and they love their family and they like nice cars and they like nice houses and they like nice dinners yes and they show their love in the same similar way to god's people yes Uh, So it's hard sometimes to identify if someone is true or not, okay? Uh, Because they can be very loving, um, but they are still wolves, yes? And there's no union with wolves and sheep because wolves have their own nature and uh, their nature is to gobble up and eat the sheep Mm -hmm. because they they eat meat and they suck on blood. Yeah, but sheep, they just want to be peaceful and they're sometimes a bit docile uh, and they need to be led, sheep. That's why you always have to come back to the shepherd. Otherwise, you'll get led astray by the wolves who will eat you and they will eat you alive because they want your soul. Satan will do anything to lead you away from God and he will use whatever weapon is your weakness. So you've got to always be surrendering over everything over to God. Mm-hmm. The, as I say, they will always convince you that God is not real, that Jesus didn't really come here, that Jesus isn't really God in the flesh. You know, this is what I've had. I've also had uh, pe- these same people who have a sense of godliness, but not godliness, yeah. Uh, they, they are convinced that it doesn't really matter about God 
all right, in their minds. Uh, what really matters is that, you know, um, we'll fight together against the government. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. The government is put there by God. The judgment of God is upon us all. We are all in slavery. We are human slaves at the moment. We are under the bondage of death. We are born into death. We are given a redemption ticket by Jesus. It's up to you to receive that redemption and come alive in the world of the dead, which is Satan's dominion of the air, as in lights, camera, action. It's not real. It's a film. It's a movie. It's a matrix. It's a womb, a matrix womb. It is non-reality. The only reality that exists is the truth, the word, the light and the life and Jesus Christ who raised you from the dead. And you've got to make sure that you stay with the living, not hang around with the dead because you get defiled and then you get led astray. You become too dirty. Now, I believe God can uh, rescue you from any situation that you find yourself in. Often it is us that makes these decisions, yes. Mm -hmm. And I believe God is in control of everything. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. You can take it to the Lord and say, hey, I've got this problem. Don't know what to do. I think I've made a mistake. I've done this wrong. I've got these feelings I can't control and I feel like this and I don't know what to do and I need your help, yeah? Okay. So the outcome to my situation... Yes, one of two outcomes <clears throat> for the other party, all right, or parties. Um, yeah, they either will continue in their way, um, probably think I'm a little crazy, or they'll come to God and have their heart broken, yeah, and they'll change and follow God, and they'll become a living testimony as well, see? Um, very interesting. Um, and I think also the Lord will use same people to test his people. Yeah. So I found. Um, so that's, that's always the same. It's the same roundabout. Um, just, you know, different lighting. <laughs> oh, so very interesting. So you've always got to make sure you come back to the shepherd. Um, and he's made a way where there is no way. It's all written. If you're part of the book of the life, your deeds dictate your deeds. What you do what you're, with your steps on earth, they write your deeds for you. Living. If you're part of the living, and then you're in the book. So amazing. There's no accidents either. You are here for a reason. Yeah. Doesn't matter how hard your heart is broken. Yeah. No reason to give up. Just when you reach that dark tunnel, just before you're ready to give up, yeah, you'll find the light comes, the light of Christ. He'll fill you up with his spirit, the living waters. First, you have to accept the blood, though. If you're not baptized as an adult, I strongly recommend that you do become baptized and hand your life as a display to the Lord your commitment, because you cannot be truly reborn unless you really hand everything over and are baptized. 
as I believe is a seal of the Lord, as well as the Sabbath, I believe, is also a seal. Sabbath is Saturday. Um, wanting to know God is very important as well. You know what I noticed with this situation is I was so distracted, I wasn't really interested in God anymore. I was so interested about this other person, what they thought, why they hadn't messaged me, what they were thinking when they sent this message, what did they mean when they said this. Uh, you know, psychoanalyzing every little tiny weeny thing. Um, mm. And so, you know, <sighs> this is unacceptable. When someone's got your heart, that's when you know you're in trouble. You need to get back to the Lord. <clears throat> this is why I believe, okay? Right, my next heading is bridge. Yes. So sometimes people just need to use you as a bridge to get to a different place, from one side of the river to the other. Trouble is your bridge could break and then you've got a whole hoo-ha of putting it back together um, and often you'll end up doing this on your own, uh, mending your own broken heart um, and this is also very unpleasant. So be careful who you let into your life to use your bridge. Yes. <laughs> My next heading is hot and cold. Okay. I'm really going deep into things, okay? Because what I found is you get a display of people's character which seldom changes, yeah, unless they've been reborn in Christ, okay? So if someone old has come back into your life, and they say they've come to God, if they're displaying the same characteristics as before, then they haven't changed and they haven't handed their life to God because if they had, they wouldn't behave like this and they wouldn't treat their brother or sister in Christ, another child of God, in a way that would hurt them intentionally. Yeah, But these guys are lost, so they don't realize what they're doing and it's not their intention, it's just that they're following the lusts of their own flesh. So it's not their fault, yeah, and it's not your fault. So it's, it's not a blame game, it's a psychoanalyze, yes, of why things happen. Yeah, that's the way I'm putting this to you. Okay, so we've got hot and cold. Often what I find with people who are not of the Lord, they blow hot and cold. One minute they're there for you and the next they're not. One minute they're for the Lord and the next minute they're cursing the Lord. Um, it doesn't matter what relationship they're in, they're with it one minute and they're against it the next. They need a bridge in between relationships because they swing from one tree to another and they don't like being on their own for a long time and they like to have a little sidekick going on to keep them occupied and to feed their ego. The mental structure of this mechanism is very interesting. It's a narcissistic type of behavior when it's put in this way. You should watch out for various things, some of which I've encountered, and uh, they can all be traps for you, yeah? What I'm talking about here is the person will come in very strong, full of flattery, very early on, very kind, uh, do everything they can to agree with you, to to boost you up, to make you feel on top of the world. And you, you know that high you get when you're in love. It's very much like that. 
and uh, you know you feel like this person is everything you know they're making you so happy and you can't wait to see them again you're so excited when they get a phone call or a text message <laughs> and it's like oh it's so exciting and you get a rush and it's like a, a, a high you know like a drug uh, and you completely forget about everything else in your life because this now is the center of your attention because it's feeding you and making you feel good yes and then suddenly they'll drop you and you won't hear from them and you'll wonder what's going on and you'll think well have i done something to upset them why have i not heard from them why didn't they reply to that message then you'll read their last message and you'll read your last message You'll check the last time they went quiet. Did they go quiet? How long for? When did they come back again? What day was it? Was it? You know, all these things will go through your mind. Um, and you'll think about whether they had to text message while you're last with them from someone else. Maybe they've got something else going on. Um, maybe they've got a different love interest. I don't know. All of these things go through your mind, yes? This is when you've got your heart operating against the will of God. Yeah, because you're psychoanalyzing someone who is not of God. So they behave in a different way to us. Yes, okay. So it doesn't make sense to us because we're like hot and cold. What's going on? And so you're left in a bit of a quandary, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't understand. Um, maybe I did something wrong and you start to cry and you, you know, you, you reach out and they don't answer. And then, um, you confide in them. You say, well, I'm a bit worried, you know, is everything okay? Um, and finally, you know, when they pop back on the scene, could be weeks later or days later or hours later, it doesn't really matter. The, the damage is done. And um, it doesn't really matter what their intention is. It's the outcome that matters this mo the most with this. Because they're not of God, um, you cannot allow this to happen. People will only treat you as badly as you allow it. So basically, they go off the scene and they come back in and they act like everything's fine and they haven't done anything wrong and everything's grand and dandy. And then, you know, butter couldn't melt and it's all so fantastic. And they're so full of flattery and charms and everything else. You're so happy to, to have contact again. Your ego is stroked. You're back on this high and the drug is so exciting and you're full of lust and love and excitement and joy and peace and you get confused because you think well this must be from this person so you start to desire them yes all the time that becomes your feed and if you don't hear from them and you don't uh you know have any plans with them it, you become down and upset and you realize that your happiness is now dependent on someone else's behavior yeah and you've relinquished control of your heart. You've given over authority and power to someone else over you and your happiness. This is not from God. This is from the enemy to destroy you because there, there is an agenda and that is to feed their ego, to make them feel important. They probably are insecure and they cannot uh, achieve the true love because they'd never intend to commit fully yeah with their heart because they enjoy the pain that they cause and it is the pain that they cause that they feed on the insecurity it causes within you and the fear and the anxiety and the pain and the crying and you reaching out to them because you're in pain and you don't understand and you just want to cry 
because they're getting a feed of all of those negative emotions. Yes, this is the way it works. And this cycle can continue for years and you will not understand it. You'll just think that it's that because you love them that you can't wait to see them. But it is not. It is because they have put you on a high. The very first meeting and uh, interaction that took place put you on such a high that you felt so good that uh, you've put them on a pedestal and you in, in fact have put them as an idol and they have become now more important to you than anything else in the world. Very big problem. Very big problem. If you ever recognize these displays and signs within your life, stomp on it so fast and cut it out before it destroys you. I'm speaking from experience. I had my heart broken once and it took me 10 years to recover from it, from a person who played mind games like that. There were many more other mind games that the person played along with that. And it was to totally dis dissolve my uh, inner confidence and in who I am. I, dis I became a different person. It was not me anymore. It was someone else's life I was living. Everything I did now depended on this person. I would not feel relaxed to enjoy myself in any shape, form or capacity unless I heard from them or um, I felt satisfied that they loved me, you know, because if I hadn't heard from them, I felt insecure and I couldn't move on with my day. And my whole day was disrupted with emotions of anxiety and pain and heartache because I was relying on someone else to make me happy. Interesting, isn't it? The psychology of it. Okay. So this, as I say, is the, the standard tactics of people who want to control you and they want something from you. They do want a type of relationship, but they're so insecure that they need you to be insecure, that you need them to make you happy. And this way they've, they've secured a long-term punch bag. Bing, 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 bing like the boxing range where your punch bag, you know, like your heart is a punch bag, yeah? And you're feeding the ego. So, you know, when they they drink children's blood, yeah? They make sure that they torture the children first so that the adrenaline is pumping round and they get an incredible feed from it, from the blood. Mm -hmm. Now, you are saved by the blood of Christ. And in the same way, we are dealing with a spiritual war. So when they do this attack on who you are as a person and you relinquish control, your anxiety and pain and hurt feeds them in the same way as adrenochrome, which is the blood of children who have been tortured. So what you have is a positive and negative forces at work You've got the negative forces of the demonic who can only really enter your realm when you are so depressed that you're suicidal and you want to end everything because you can't cope and you're in so much pain, yeah, that you've allowed yourself to get into. And it's not because you're a failure. 
It's because you've allowed someone to have control of your heart. Someone who is not of God. Someone who doesn't deserve you. Someone who's not got your best intentions at heart. They don't love you, all right? If they do that to you, okay? So why is this so important? Well, because it can go on for years. I had it. I went, it went on for years, off and on, and I would end it, and then the person would come in, and and I couldn't understand why I was so infatuated with this person, and now I realize. You see, and it doesn't matter the reason behind it, okay? You do get insecure people, and they will back off and not send you a message and not send you a text and whatever, not phone you because they're not sure, they, they can risk their hearts and all that other nonsense. But would you waste your time with a wimp, with your hearts? You want a hero. And if you're a man, you want an amazing woman who is going to be your rock. She can't be a rock if you're rocking her world, your heart, with her heart. So back to the Bible, you know. The Lord says, to find a good woman is better than rubies. Yes. And we are already in Christ, reborn, and we are rubies as ladies of God, and the men are all our heroes of God. So in the same way, a woman can be totally eroded of her confidence, financially, mentally, emotionally, and in, in, in terms of her looks in with the you know, this behavior does all of that. It erodes every type of confidence you have in yourself. And so it can happen also with men, that they stop trying hard, that they rely on the person to make them happy. They don't care about themselves anymore. They don't put themselves as number one with the Lord. They don't look after themselves. Therefore, they look like disheveled, crumpled people. And this is a terrible shame because you don't need to go through it. You just need to hand it to God because this is toxic behavior, toxic relationship, and it will destroy you because your relationship with the Lord will be eroded also. Your confidence in God will also be eroded because you won't believe that you've been treated like this and you will blame God if you're not careful for all the pain that you're in and why has God let this happen? Well, no, you've let it happen. You need to come to God about it and let him take charge and give him reins because if you're a horse, you give him reins of your horse, let him be your rider. Yeah, he's steering your ship. You need to make sure that when you hand over control to the Lord, you do it permanently and regularly, reestablish your covenant with the Lord. It is a covenant. It's a covenant of trust and love peace and joy and happiness and praise and worship and righteousness and truth. And so with that comes the light and the wisdom and the peace naturally flows, yes, because you trust God and he is steering the ship. You cannot go wrong if you've got the Lord with you. No one can overcome you. No one, not even the whole world, if you've got the Lord with you. 
You, when you say you're going to the shop, I am going to the shop. You know that God is with you. So all of these things that you fantasize about with somebody that doesn't really love you is not real and is not part of the truth. So if it doesn't feel real, it probably isn't real. So you can do a checklist, okay? All the promises uh, that you've been made, yeah? And they haven't come true, yeah? Often uh, these narcissist types will lead you along with a carrot. Yes, beautiful picture. Isn't that amazing? We're going to get married on the beach. Once we've got married, your beautiful silk white dress will become a hairband. We'll tie it in a ribbon in your hair over the ocean. And there'll be a canopy over you. And I'll have an umbrella there. And you'll look like the most angelic person when I marry you. And we will get married. But that day will never happen because their intention is to never marry you. That intention is only to fill your head with something, a hope, a carrot, so that you stay with them and you feed their toxic, sick, evil heart, which has obviously been hurt some way or other, and they will never trust their heart with anyone. So this way they can have their cake and eat it. But they can eat your cake too. See? Now God gave us all assets and gifts. And you mustn't give your gifts away. And when you give your heart away, you give half of you away. And then you are only working on half capacity. Unless you're fully joined and you're both running this thing. And you're both in unity together. Yeah? But when one of you is directing the other, they're controlling you. You're not in control of your life or your heart. And so you end up in a very bad place. When you realize that you cannot control your emotions and your heart's desire for someone who is not of God, you must know that you're on the wrong path. I'm very sorry to tell you that. It's been very hard for me to tell you this. I try to explain it as best I can. You cannot risk your heart with anyone unless they are of God in any shape or form. And this includes your children, your husband, your best friend, Sometimes I realize that you don't actually know someone until they betray you. Yeah. And when they do betray you, it's not really a betrayal because often they will lay breadcrumbs of what their intentions are and you become accepting of it because you're accepting the breadcrumbs of, of the cake or of the bread. You see? You've mistaken the bread of life for the breadcrumbs. They've given you a sense of love, but it's not real love. You can only get true love from the bread of Christ. Christ is the bread of life and he is also our daily sacrifice. So when we are reborn in Christ, we become a living testimony. That's why we are witnesses. Because every time God does something, we become a witness and we tell everyone what God has done for us. So let the Lord use you as a witness. 
for his glory but for your enhancement and your promotion because God likes to promote people for every bit of pain that you've gone through there's a promotion i promise god has a promotion your rewards are in heaven also you cannot uh, expect to get your rewards here yes the the harder your life is here the bigger the reward in heaven it's very simple that's <laughs> such a test it is i love you all i, I know this is so hard uh, to listen to okay my next heading is the whore and the pimp when a pimp has identified a lady that he wants to use he will um woo her and shower her with flattery and gifts in the same way as a narcissist very interesting it is until he has captured the lady and then he will slowly farm her out to other men and she'll become his financial commodity uh for performing sexual acts with other people in this way is able to maintain his ego feed his evil um lusts and desires uh because these evil people really get a very big kick out of you desiring them you know <laughs> and she becomes addicted to this high often they will introduce drugs and get them hooked on drugs so they become reliant on the pimp in a similar way to the narcissist with the sort of high that they put you on in the drugs same sort of drug it's the love it's the uh, it's so exciting i've got a call coming in oh it's him again ah, she's calling me oh my gosh it's so exciting i can't wait to talk to her no you just can't wait for the high make sure you make god your drug your love drug yeah because only god can fill that hole no one else can fill that hole that's why you're empty because they will they will take everything from your hearts and totally suck you dry because that's their intention so basically with the whore and the pimp this goes on and it goes through many stages and uh, eventually she just basically becomes a piece of meat a dirty no value disgusting dirty whore her spirit is ruined her soul is ruined her mind and her heart are ruined and she's just a piece of meat so it can be the same in any relationship as the whore and the pimp Okay, now my next heading. <laughs> oh yes, I just want to point out this doesn't happen with everything, but it happens with people who are not of God. They always use different tactics. This is the most common one, okay? Feed you with an ego stroke, make you feel on top of the world, so excited to hear from them, and then they go cold on you. Yeah? Doesn't matter their reasons, okay? If somebody treats you like that, you'd stop it. You stop it there and then, and you don't let it happen. Why? Because I love you and God loves you and you need to love yourself. Put yourself first. Your happiness first. Yes. Okay. Sorry, very passionate I am about this. Okay. The back door is my next heading. 
Often the narcissist comes in through the back door. And this is through a charm kind of nature, a facade that they put on. And once they have you, they'll keep you as a fling and will never ever commit to you. They'll come around when they want to. They'll pop over, text you, phone you when they feel like it, drop you hot and cold, all these different things, different signals, never know what's really going on. You'll be scared to ask because you're scared that you won't have any contact if you confront them. Um, and if they come around and have a sexual relation with you, they'll leave after an hour or two so that you feel like a real dirty whore, yeah? Like trash, yeah? You notice that um, Satan refuses to worship God, yeah? And his angels are called stars, like Hollywood, Hollywood. It's not holy, it's double L. God is called L. So it's evil, yeah? Double L, yeah, because they really think they're God, yeah? That's why I said double L. So they're Hollywood, and uh, the stars backwards are rats, and rats only hang around with refuse, and refuse is the same word as refuse. So Satan is refuse, trash, okay? And this is why the characteristics of people who are not of God display treating you like trash, refuse, because they refuse to submit to the will of God. Thank you, Lord. That is amazing. We are on fire. You see, I know that the Lord will use anything against uh, Satan. You know, anything they've they've tried to use against me, God will use it. And I know that this sermon will go down and someone will hear this and it will change their life. Because I'm talking so graphically about how emotions work. <sighs> so, but if you finally get the gumption and the strength to end this relationship that you're in, this toxic hot, cold, backdoor relationship of the narcissist, they will come back 10 years later, quite happily, to see if they can strike again. Hmm. They'll even pretend to be a Christian, even though they're not. They do not have the morals or ethics of the Lord, so you can be misled to believe that the person has changed when really they have not changed. Hmm. When they start to give you all of these wonderful high feelings again you feel on top of the world and you think oh this is just so amazing you fall into the same trap again and so then they drop you and and mess you around and you get all confused and you don't know what's going on and then they reappear again and everything's great and you're on top of the world again see this is the way it works and it's again they think they're following god okay uh, they believe they're following God. They believe they believe in God. But they don't have a relationship with God and they certainly don't have the spirit of God. Because if they did, they wouldn't behave like this. Okay? And the only reason they haven't got the spirit of God is because they haven't submitted to God. So then this is where you get people who say, they, oh, I've read the Bible, but I don't believe in God. Well, that's because they haven't submitted and the Spirit's not inside them because God says that the Bible is blind. Uh, they're blinded. The people who are evil are blinded to see the truth of the Bible. They will never, ever be able to comprehend the truth of the Bible because they haven't got the spirit of wisdom within them, which God gives you as his helper. He says, I have to go, but where I'm going, I'm going to build a mansion. And, you know, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? 
This is your helper. Say, we've got this. We can ask any time. We've actually got everything we need. We don't need other people to make us happy. We've got everything. Yeah, God loves you so much. And he's such a romantic. Ooh, every time he does stuff for me, it's so amazing. Hmm. Like if I want perfume, I'll go to a car boot and I'll pick it up for 50 pence. So amazing he is. Hmm. So yes, uh, so you'll end up back on that road again if you're not careful. So my next heading is full circle. Matters of the heart. <laughs> uh, but you must remember that the Lord has got you in his hand. And if you have an anointing and an appointing on your life, the Lord will test you. He needs to be sure that he can trust you. Yeah? And you need to be sure that you can trust the Lord. It's a two-way relationship. Relationships take two. They do. Um, so I think that's why. But he has to make sure that you're faithful and uh, you have to be sure that he's faithful. Um, so basically also the other thing is you've got to be so careful of the heart. It really does just take over. It becomes its own independent little force. Yeah. It seeks its own little happiness. Mm. And so you just have to come to Lord about it. I've covered all of this. Um, but where I was deceived is I really did believe, oh, it's okay, I've dealt, ah, yeah, yeah, I recognize this uh, situation, yeah, I've dealt with it, God fixed me, I'm already healed, I don't feel anything for this one, it's okay, I'm good, I've got the Lord, I'm happy, yeah, of course I can help this chap, no worries, I'm cool, man, I'm so cool, <laughs> I'm indispensable, I've got God with me, no one will hurt me, no one will come against me, ah, uh, big mistake, Big, big mistake. Yeah, you can never trust your heart. It will always come back and pretend and it will want its own things. Yes, very interesting. And this can happen with any relationship from the past. Yeah. Um, and what doesn't destroy you makes you stronger. But God will never let you be tested beyond your capacity to cope. Um, and God has your name permanently engraved in the palms of his hands. This means no one can pluck you out. It doesn't matter what they say to God about you. God loves you for you. He can see inside your heart. Okay, Remember this. But no one can fill you with the love of Christ. Only Christ can do that. Don't seek love from other people. First get the love of Christ. Then he will give you a union with the right companion who will have the same love of Christ. And I tell you what, that will blow everybody's, you know, ships out the water. Mm -hmm. Be amazing. Honestly, the earth will rock. It'll rock your world. It'll be so amazing. Mm -hmm. And you can get this from the Lord without a companion, as I have already received. And I let it go for a little while. And I've come back to claim my happiness and my love of Christ and Christ's love of me. And I said, yeah, you're my man. I'm just going to stick with you. Sorry, I went off astray. My heart got uh, confused. Your heart can get confused with old emotions. Yeah. So you can reminisce over past things and uh, your heart can confuse you to think you've got feelings for someone when you really have not. 
you have a fleshly lust for that person because they're desirable, you still desire them because we are made of flesh. doesn't mean that you're right together and it doesn't mean you love them. Because how can love and hate have union? How can evil and good have a union? Unless they are unified through love, with the love of Christ, there is no union. Any uh, kingdom divided amongst itself will not stand. That goes for any relationship. So you need to make sure you're on the same team. Otherwise, you're fighting each other and you'll be enemies. But you'll see you can be an enemy to yourself. Fighting yourself. I did this. I fought myself. Yeah, my heart wanted one thing. And the spirit wanted another thing. And I convinced myself, it's okay, I'm fine, it's all right, I'm enjoying this, this is very good, I'm feeling great, I'm in control, it's okay, I've done this before. No, it isn't okay. You've got to listen to God, come back to God. Sometimes, you know that phrase, if it sounds too good to be true and it looks too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Yes. Okay. So back to that. Yeah. If you're starting to get all of those feelings, you better just double check with God. Make sure you're really in the right place. God is able to do all things in matters of the heart, including heal your heart, get rid of the pain. He will help you with all of the struggles. So when I was talking to God about my situation, I said, well, you know, what should I do? And I got Philippians. 1, 11, and I got Hebrews 11, yeah? Got to remember it's a fight between truth and lies and what's real and what's not real. So if someone's re- love for you is not real, then you're fighting <laughs> an empty vessel. In fact, what they want to do is feed off your true love so that they can copy it and jar it and manufacture it and sell it and pretend to the next victim. Mm. It's it's always a pattern with them, these people. They cannot be single and they feed off it. And so they go from victim to victim until they've got everything they need out of that vessel and they've sucked it dry and then they go on to the next one. Hmm. So let's look at Philippians 1.11. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, this letter is very beautiful. So I'm going to read you all of Philippians 1. Um, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving and prayer. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and when I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel 
all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Paul's chains advance the gospel. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of the selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. For to me, through this, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you. <laughs> that I remain in the body, convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, in the faith. So that through my being with you, again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will be abound on account of me, Life worthy of the gospel. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the Spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed but that you will be saved and that God by God you'll be saved by God and that by God for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but also to suffer for him since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I am still alive I still have you know, sorry, that made me cry, you know, because it's so very relevant uh, to the sermon. 
uh, everything I was uh, trying to say has been said by Paul. And, you know, I just know that God is so with me and uh, so with you. And uh, he's got you. He has you, really. He has by his hand. He holds you by his right hand. You mustn't fear. Everything is for the glory of God, for the love of Christ. All is for the purpose of God, for his glory and his goodness. My next heading is Hebrews 11. I want to read it to you. Faith in action. And well, why am I getting that? So anyway, let's read it. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith he commended, condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childhood bearing, childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise and so from this one man and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore all these people were still living by faith when they died they did not receive the things promised They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, 
It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he had leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he, his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He preserved, persevered rather, because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jasper, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains of imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. Those were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us, would they be made perfect? Again, incredible testimonies of the faith in the Lord that he has provided a way where there is no way because it is written and he is the word and he is the life and it is according to his will. That's why Jesus had to die because you can't execute a will until someone's died. Jesus completed a sentence of words, but also a sentence for a crime he did not commit. He rose from the dead with roses on his head, thorns, 
all of it is in the words. It's all the truth according to the will of the Father. Nothing will happen unless it is the will of the Father, and you can be sure of that. And if you trust in the Lord, you'll know that you are a child of God. And you know what's so amazing as well? Is many people don't realize who they are. Yeah. Um, it is my understanding that all of God's children are spread all over the world. Okay. Israel is about being real, but being in the truth, speaking with new lips and tongues. Yeah. And understanding the truth and not speaking lies and understanding the truth because you're in the truth. You're standing on the rock and you're in the word. Yeah. Very simple. In the life, light. You're drinking the living waters. Yes, you've got the spirit inside you who now works for you, within you, and it's no longer you that operates, yes. But we have to remain in the truth. And in this, God fulfills his promise. We are the inheritors of the eternal kingdom of God. We are the living temple of God. It will be on earth as it is in heaven. (laughs) And you must believe it. And he has a place for us all, if we want it, okay? doesn't? It's not a, dependent on your blood. It's a dependent on your love of Christ and your acceptance of his grace and mercy and the gift, eternal life that he gave us through his atonement, dying on the cross, shedding his blood for us. Total, totally selfless act. Knowing that he was going to be tortured, killed, even though we hated him. He died for us, eh? Yeah. So that for us today, and I believe it is for us today, that we can claim that, and I claim it, so claim it with me. Claim to be a child of the living God and to be alive in Christ. Don't rely on anybody to make you happy. Rely only on the Lord, who is able to provide everything. The love of Christ will fill you right up. Um, have I finished then? Oh, yes. Um, the other thing is, like I say, we can battle our flesh, yeah? I want to do one thing, but um, God wants me to do something else, okay? <clears throat> and uh, And so I encountered that very recently. I want to let you know also something important Um, in this experience uh, when I recognized this part of the framework of this relationship and I didn't like it I didn't like it in myself that I allowed this to happen okay I blamed myself for allowing it to happen I don't blame anybody else I was angry at myself because I was disappointed that I'd allowed this to happen to myself, yeah? I was so angry because I'd promised myself that I'd never ever let this happen to me again. Yeah. Someone to have control of my heart again that didn't deserve me. Yeah. Because we're all very important to God. We are. We're all inheritors yes and we're very important god doesn't like to see us hurt yeah i can imagine him storming in with his white horse 
getting really angry. Yeah. Mm. So that really helps me. Mm. He must know that he's watching you and he loves you so very much. And how can you know the love of God unless you've been tested? How will you know that you can trust God unless you've been tested? This is why you're tested. And so in this way, everything is brought in this way to you, to experience, so that you can taste the fruit and you can recognize the difference between truth and lies, evil and good, light and darkness, night and day, rich and poor. And nothing really matters to you but the love of Christ. And that's for your priority in your life. Hmm. I think that's so important. <sighs> so, yes, uh, I have got other things as well about lusts of the flesh, um, but I think I've covered so much. I think we really have covered everything I needed to say. Um, there are some other bits which I just want to go through. Um, I've already talked about it. People can become idols, yeah. If you really seek them to make you happy, yeah, it should be God always. So if you recognize that you're looking for attention from someone and love from somebody and um, you're, you're more interested in them than you are in God, then there's a problem. Reassess who you are and reassess your priorities. Uh, otherwise, you're on the wrong road. Um and God can only help you if you're on the same team as him. So if you're on the wrong team, you're separated from him, okay? And the prayers don't get through because now you're one of the wolves pack, yeah? Uh, so get rid of idols. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I've noticed is often these things happen in um, segments uh, joined together. So it can happen with one thing, but it can also happen with families and it can, you know, be a whole crowd of uh, people that happens with all in one go and it can be quite horrifying. All right. And you feel like you're fighting a whole bunch of people and you feel ganged up on is another one. That's another attack Satan uses. Uh, so you'll bring two or three people in to oppose what you believe and to try and convince you that it doesn't really matter if you believe in God and the Lidam and all that other stuff, yeah, because there is a God, it doesn't really matter which God you believe in, but it does, it matters, yeah, there's only one God, there's only one truth, there's only one life, there's only one light and only one living water, only one blood sacrifice, and that's Jesus Christ, yeah, okay, um, so it's about believing it. Um, okay, so next heading is Heartbreak Hotel. Um, after you've had your heart broken, you'll have to stay at the Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah. Uh, in the Heartbreak Hotel, there will be many rooms of sorrow, pain, regret, moaning, wishful thinking, replaying these memories in your mind, regret that you couldn't make it work, blaming yourself, failed relationships, etc. This can also happen with family of any kind, any type of relationship. What you need to do is shut all the doors in this hotel and you need to switch on the TV, open your Bible, get TBN, Christian TV on, get some Bible verses up on the walls, 
Get some pictures, make some picture frames with Bible verses. Put that all around your hotel. And I'm talking your house, your temple, okay? Get on your knees, get a prayer stool if you can uh, get one, make one. And get regular praying, you know, get on your knees. Surrender your heart to the Lord. Uh, you need a nice notepad. Write down all your thoughts, feelings. Yeah, your Bible to hand, a big roll of toilet paper. And sit and pour your heart out to the Lord. Yeah. Ah, so beautiful. Hand everything over to the Lord. Yeah. He has got full control. And ask the Lord for the best way forward. Uh, the other thing you're going to need to do is just remember that the Lord has something very special in mind for you. Yeah. And I want you to relish that thought uh, because no one else is in control of the world, only God. And he created everything and he has a plan for your life. It's so amazing. And he intends to show you his love. One way or another, you will get the message. You just need to make sure that you submit. God wraps you up in cotton wool, I believe. Yes. Uh, so you need to be always coming to him to be reassured and wrapped in the cotton wool of protection. Get your notebook, write all the things that you're feeling. Also write a list of all the things that you can do to improve your life, to get yourself busy. All the little hobbies and the little things that you wanted to try, maybe getting fit or fasting or whatever it is that you know, maybe makeup or making clothes or reupholstering a, a couch or, you know, um, redecorating, you know, um, I've got a car with a convertible hood, and when I bought it, it had a green hood. It's supposed to be black. So um, I bought some hood paint, and I painted it, yeah? And I felt so pleased with myself, yeah? Um, and uh, just recently, one of my little chairs, the, the leather started to peel off it. So I've got these white blankets, and I thought, well, I'll just buy some pins, you know, gold pins, and I'll reupholster it. Well, there's no big pieces of wood to upholster it onto. So I googled how to do it and thought, well, there's nothing really that helps me because I need something for the pins to go in. So I'm actually going to use carpet gripper and I'm going to glue the carpet gripper onto the chair. And because it's a thick blanket, and then I'll be able to pound away with the little metal doodahs. And then, you know, I was looking at um, one of my tables and it was looking a very yellowy white because um, you know, that uh, white paint, uh, shiny paint can go really yellowy. So I thought, well, okay, I'm just going to go and buy some white silk and I'm going to paint it uh, when I have five minutes, um, you know. And I, I also, you know, I restore Bibles. So I buy them when they're in a terrible state and I glue them back together and then I paint them. That's another thing that really fills me with joy and peace and happiness. Uh, last weekend I put on Jeremiah, the movie, and I sat and I, I wasn't able to watch it because I was restoring Bibles on the table and I thought, well, I'll just listen to it. And it got to the bit where Jeremiah was told that he was not able to have a wife. And I just started to really cry, yeah. Um, because I started to think, well, this is so like me, so interesting. Now, if the Lord has someone planned for you, it'll come. But you can pray to the Lord. 
Yeah, but he'll give you the answers, whether you're meant to have someone, not have somebody. You know, we are made as a man and a woman down here. You know, we need a man and a woman to have children. So I believe you are meant to have a partner. Um, but Paul clearly says some of us are meant to be single as well. Yeah, some of us are called for different roles and different positions. Um, and so it needs to be God's will, yeah, if, if you're going to have somebody, yeah. I know one lady who wanted a partner, and she kept searching for one, and then she was a Christian woman, supposedly, and but she didn't behave like one. So what would happen is she'd get jealous of anyone who had a partner. She'd look at the lady and compare herself with her and say, I deserve that husband better more than you do, and all these horrible things. Uh, so don't fall for that trap either. You know, don't become resentful of other people's happiness. Um, you know, really, it's just it's about getting ready. Really, it is. Ready is also read why. Read all about it, yeah, because it is the word. God is the word. Um, <clears throat> so often, as I say, you can have all of this happen and you have to do a clear out of a few more people. Mm. So then you start to recognize the same sort of flavor characteristics of people and you think, well, no, actually, you know, since I'm at it, I'm on such a roll, I might as well just get rid of these bunch as well. And I've done that and I've just done a whole complete friend clear out. I'd rather have no friends, you see, than fake friends. Yeah. Because also you've got to be careful. You know, people who are not of God are actually your enemy and they're God's enemy too. So you don't want to be yoking with them. Because they're actually out to destroy you because they hate you because they're children of satan yeah if they work for satan they're children of satan they've got the spirit of the devil inside them they've got demons inside yeah that's why jesus when he came to heal everyone he had to get rid of all the demons before he did anything he didn't just heal them he got rid of the demons and that healed them instantly that is an amazing thing uh but god is in control of everything yeah really it's amazing so we have to get rid of people. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> quickly. Rescues. Be careful of rescues. Okay. So if you have someone from the past, you know, that you were friends with and they come back into your life, especially if you're close to them and you want to help them out and bring them to Christ, you know, and they're finding God and they're waking up to what's going on in the world, be careful. Be careful who you help, yeah, because maybe you're not meant to help them. Like I was saying about the wolves, yeah. Otherwise, you end up thinking that they're a sheep and you go off in the wrong direction. You don't want to do that. Um, and uh, fake Christians, we're warned about this in uh, 1 John 4. And he says that, um, you know, those people who don't believe in Jesus uh, are, in fact, antichrist. Yes. So we have to remember that we're in the time of the Antichrist, and I believe the Antichrist is actually the spirit of the Antichrist, just like we've got the spirit of God inside us, generally, all across the world, as one spirit unified in all our bodies as the temple of God. I also believe that Satan's temple is the same, and he has, uh, well, an opposite of it, a dark version, death and darkness and sin and all those horrible things. Um, and don't forget sulfur and it stinks down there. Uh, so, yeah, pretty horrible place. And so, you know, they display those horrible characteristics and uh, they have the spirit of the Antichrist. They do not believe, they will not acknowledge uh, Jesus because remember that Satan is refuse, as in refuses, as in rubbish. Yes, will not acknowledge Christ for being Christ. And so that's why he has stars, which are rats who hang around with the rubbish. Yes. Um, 
And so, yes, it's all about lusts of the flesh, following God's desires, not your own desires. Um, ah, okay, so basically, uh, you know when you first came to God, you know how excited you were about being part of the kingdom of God and a part of the inheritance? Well, you need to get that back again, okay? If someone's hurt you, you need to get back to that. Thanking the Lord for redeeming you from death. Yeah. I was thinking today, here I am feeling sorry for myself. And really, I have very little worries compared to other people. Okay? Um, so, and that helps me sometimes when I'm in pain. I compare myself with others who are in a less fortunate position. Yeah, that's one thing I found. Uh, also, the other thing is don't feel sorry for yourself, okay? Don't do the pity parties. Don't feel that you're not good enough. Don't think that you've been rejected. Don't you think for a moment that you're not worthy of anyone's love. Don't you think for a moment that you're not beautiful enough, kind enough, sincere enough, part of God, you know? You are, but God is just saving you for the right people Okay, he, he doesn't want you to get spoilt and ruined by the wrong people. So that's why you've got to come back to God. Also, don't go clinging on to people who don't deserve you and love you. Yeah, Don't fight for something that is not going to serve any purpose but to destroy you. Analyze and write a list. What does this person do for me? How do they make me happy? Do they make me happy? Do they make me unhappy? What are the things that make me happy? Why do, why do I feel so unhappy? What is it about the person that's making me unhappy? You know, really sit and analyze it. Because sometimes we just don't actually realize that we're not happy with them. And they're making you actually unhappy. It's just that initial buzz that you've fallen for. Yes, that's put you on a high. Ah, I notice that many people are splitting up because I think people are coming to God, they're changing. We're all having a bit of a somersault, yeah? Uh, so in our lives, uh, we've been turned upside down. This means that our heart has been turned upside down, okay? Anything that was in there has come out of it, okay? And we've got a new heart now, and so you have to be careful with that new heart because when you've handed everything over to God, you've got the forgiveness, you've received the redemption, you've received the purifying water, the blood of Christ, you're clean, you're holy, and then new pain comes and it defiles you. Okay, So that only happens when you allow yourself to rule in your life and God has a plan. God has a much better plan than you have. Yeah, Surrender everything. Surrender your whole will to God. Say to him when you pray, let it be your will. Let, I, let me be pleasing to you. That may not be an embarrassment to you. Because we don't want to be an embarrassment. We want to be um, congratulated. We want to be patted on our shoulder by the Lord saying, you did a great job. I'm very impressed. You know, we don't want the Lord saying, I never knew you. Because you followed your lusts of your flesh. So um, it's a very narrow path between life and death. Can't sit on the fence either. Doesn't like double-minded. Make your mind up. It's either black or it's white. You can't have gray areas. 
So choose your master. You can't serve love of money and love of uh, lusts of the flesh and God. So that's why I think we get tested. I do think so. Yeah. And boy, it's not easy, guys. Sorry it isn't. But it will be worth it. Because our kingdom is to come. And it's not of this world. Okay? It's the kingdom of God. It's come upon you as Jesus was preaching. For those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, you will be my witnesses. And the kingdom of God has come upon you. And the love of Christ is inside you for you to share, to unify the body of Christ, the temple. So if we don't all unite and all get ready and share the love of Christ, we're, you know, we're waiting around. We all need to hurry up and get ready. Let's purify ourselves, love Christ, and love our brothers and sisters. And that way, we can build this temple, and God's will will manifest on earth as it is promised. And we will get our inheritance, because we'll be part of the truth, speakers of the truth with new lips. Yes, God loves us eh? so very much. I have no doubt in my mind, and... Um, I'm sorry for all the things I've done wrong. And when I pray, I always do the sinner's prayer every day. I believe that the, the demonics, they run away, yes? When I, uh, this whole issue came to a head on Thursday, um, when I realized I missed this person and I told them, but they didn't miss me. And then I got quite upset. Yeah, I realized that really I had no control over my heart and my emotions. And I was missing someone who didn't really care about me, number one. But also number two, I had no control. And I wasn't really in love with this person. It was a lustful feeling. And it was um, it was like I needed that kick of excitement. Yeah, And it was exciting. But it's nowhere near as exciting as what God has provided for me. The true salvation, the love of him and the love of life, the living water, eternal inheritance, happiness with Christ forevermore once this is over, much better than lusts of the flesh. And so anyway, I sent a message to say, you know what, I have realized that I am very confused. I have this past me who has different feelings, uh, still seem to be attached and... Uh, I've got a, the new me, which is of Christ, and I'm in conflict, and I need to actually distance myself and call it a day. I said, I cannot be friends with somebody when uh, when this is all going on. And some people may say, oh, that's so cruel. That's so cruel. How can you do that? Well, no, it's not cruel. Because um, you have to protect yourself. I've prayed for the Lord to protect him also and uh, oh, his family and all those people are involved. Yes. And so I know the Lord will use it for good. Um, it felt quite hard to do, but for me it was perfect because I am joined in perfect unity to Christ and I was being separated from Christ in my lustful ways, following the desires of my flesh, with the person who is not unified with Christ. Therefore, I cannot have a union with someone who is not part of the same clan. 
So very interesting it is. And I feel so complete. I was talking with my friend last night about it. He's also a minister. A Julian Catanash, one of the best people I've ever met in Christ. In fact, I said to him yesterday, I said, you are a living testimony to the love of Christ and my restoration of humanity and the love of humans. Mm-hmm. Because I've encountered so many people that have let me down. But this person always, no matter how many times I phone him, no matter how many times I tell him I'm in trouble or whatever, I need his help, he's always there. And he always confirms how much God loves me. He always tells me how God has chosen me for something important, how great he thinks I am doing in my ministry. He restores my faith and shows me love and peace, encouragement. Often he gives me prophetic words also. And this is a true indication of love and representation of love in Christ. And uh, and I spoke to him and he said, yes, you've done the right thing. You've done the right thing. Don't worry. He said, why are you worrying? He said, God's got you. He's got a plan. It's all part of God's plan. And then he started reading some scripture, which um, had already been given from the Lord. And I knew. I said, well, that must mean. So I said to him, oh, you know, what about this faith bit? So oh, that's because God's re- restoring your faith. And this is the journey that he has to take you on in order to restore your faith in Christ, that the will of God will happen in your life according to his plan. Not your plan, but his plan. Not someone else's plan. They're not going to hijack you. yeah? Because God is possessive over you. yeah? He's got a big plan. And I want to tell you the same. He has a very big plan for your life. And you can't see God. Yeah? He's there, just like the air you breathe. You need air, you can't see it. (sighs) And God is the life, and he feeds you. We're in the wilderness at the moment, and we're getting fed this sort of manna, which is the bread of life, and, um, and the meat as well. Until we get our promised land promise. Just like in the stories of Moses. So interesting it is. Please be sure that God has you in his hands and he has control. And it doesn't matter what's happened. You're not a failure. God loves you. And Satan is dead already because he's lived backwards. Okay? You can remind Satan that you have authority over him and over demons as a child of God. You have authority to cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, preach the gospel, save others, demonstrate the love of Christ, shine the light of Jesus, bring more people to Christ. And in your conduct, many will come to God through your faith, your testimonies, through your heart, heartbreaks like mine. Yeah. So I thank this, these people that hurt me and I thank them because uh, this is a testimony before it is properly even happened of the power of Christ, the love of Christ, the, the, the power of his blood. 
I'm a redeemed and I believe it. I trust him. I love him. He loves me. He loves you. <sighs> Always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> and and take joy. Take peace out of it. I love you all, hey? I hope you've enjoyed this sermon today. It's been very raw. Very raw. Uh, this only happened a couple of days ago. Thursday? And I chopped the person out, deleted their number, blocked them. <laughs> I just needed to move on and get on with my life. Back to Christ again. No more wasted time. And so, and I already feel much better. Feel renewed, full of strength and peace, joy of the Lord. I thank you, Lord. Let's do the sinner's prayer to close. Ayesha uh, from God FM. If you wish to find us, you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, Samsung, Chrome, Apple. You can find the videos on BitChute, Rumble, YouTube, God FM Media, um, on um, Telegram. And also, uh, pod, podcasts you can find on Podbean. Just have to sign up. It's totally free. Email and password. Yeah. Um, also Spotify. Very good. I do a lot of videos now, so it's always worth looking for those. And if you wish to email me, please do admin at godfm.org.uk. We've got a lot of platforms on Telegram. Telegram's very good, but you do get contacted by people trying to sell you crypto. Um, so it's a bit like WhatsApp with anyone being able to contact you. All you just need to do is ignore those. But there's so many channels and they're filled with so many bits of content. Uh, very interesting it is. We're also on TikTok too. Um, but the l- videos are limited to 10 minutes only. Hmm. So let's close with the sinner's prayer. Uh, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that you came to earth and died on the cross for my sins. I know that I am a sinner. I know you are the Son of God. I know you died on the cross for me and you redeemed me. I accept your free gift. I wish to follow you. Please forgive me of my sins. I know I'm a sinner. I'm washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm saved by Jesus. It is no longer me that walks. It is the spirit inside me that walks and talks and does all of that. I thank you, Jesus. I cast out all demons, hexes, curses, witchcraft, Satan and his cronies in the name of Jesus. And if my family have followed pagans, witchcraft, Satanism, Freemasons or the Masons or any tarot readers, Ouija boards or pagan festivals, I ask that you release us now from any generational curses, including me, my family and future generations, past, present and future. You break those chains and remove those curses. I pray right now in the name of Jesus and you will turn everything round as a blessing instead that you may show your glory and love and peace and that your plan may manifest in my life and anyone listening. They may know the truth, the power of your word and your will in our lives (laughs) because you are amazing and so grateful you love me. So grateful that you chose me and nobody and for loving everyone else, for being an amazing, righteous God. Thank you. I pray anyone who's sick is healed, and I pray if you're struggling financially, the Lord will provide 
in every way, financially, for a home, for a job, for your children if they're struggling at school. The Lord will fill them with joy and peace in their hearts, minds and spirits. The Lord may put his angels around us that when we come anywhere near anyone, they will know that we are part of Christ and the demons will be petrified and flee. May we shine the light of Jesus and bring others to Christ. We pray that we serve your purpose and not be an embarrassment to you. That it may be your will, not our own will, that you will discipline us, making us worthy and ready for the day of your arrival. I thank you for loving a wretch like me. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to share the gospel and my experiences with others. I pray that this will help others and that it will change the people's hearts, people who listen to it. They may come to know the Lord even more and recognize there's so much love in Christ. That actually when you have Christ, there's not much room for anything else. Because <laughs> he fills you right up. He does. And he loves you so much. And I love you too. I thank you for this testing, Lord. I pray right now that anyone listening to this is going through something similar, that you will just put put an imprint into their mind of what to do. To renew their spirit, mind, soul, and love within them. Fill them right up with a cup of love and the spirit. And that they'll come running back to you right now. And that you will totally take away any pain for me and for anyone else. And no desire for people who don't love us back and for people who are not of Christ and that you'll protect us and direct our steps that it'll be you walking before us in everything we do and we are confident that we are redeemed and saved because we hold your hand and you walk with us and you are inside us. And you love us. I'm so sorry, Lord. Uh, I got distracted. I thank you for bringing me back on track. In Jesus' mighty name, it's Aisha from God FM. I hope you have an amazing Sabbath day. God bless you all.